Are you interested in cracking the customer code? You've got customers, and we will help you work with them to deliver a great experience to grow your business. I'm Jeannie Walters. And I'm Adam Taporic. Join us as we learn from those business leaders who get it. And a few who don't. And together we'll crack the customer code. Welcome to episode 19 of Crack the Customer Code. Today we're talking about how writing for Google instead of your customers can start off the customer experience in the wrong way. And we have Andy Crestadina, who will be joining us to talk about content marketing and how you cannot do that with Google and your customers, and the importance of content marketing to the customer experience. And we've got a customer hero story about handwriting robots. That's right, people. Handwriting robots to share. Awesome. (laughs) So, Adam, what's going on with you these days? You've got something big coming up. I do. I'm excited to tell you about the upcoming launch of my new book, Be Your Customer's Hero, Real World Tips and Techniques for the Service Frontlines. So Be Your Customer's Hero is a one-stop training guide for anyone who works with customers. It covers customer service from beginning to end, and you'll learn some of my favorite tips and tricks for winning the mental game of service, for communicating in ways that set you up for success, and of course, for working with difficult customers. To learn more and to pre-order your copy, go to BeYourCustomersHero.com. That's BeYourCustomersHero.com. And I got a preview, and I can say that it's great. So I hope everybody checks it out. Thank you, Jeannie. <laughs> if you're trying to reach small business owners or CX professionals, sponsoring our podcast is a great way to do it. Go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. So, hey, Adam, have you ever read a web page that was written for Google instead of customers? I think I know what you're talking about. It's like one of those, welcome to the best place to get cruise ship tickets online. If you're looking for <laughs> cruise ship tickets online and need a place for cruise ship tickets online, you will find we have the lowest prices on cruise ship tickets online. That sounds so conversational. That's exactly how we talk to one another, right? I wrote that just for you. (laughs) Yeah, it seems to be a problem. And I think this is all about gaming the system, which we seem to be talking about a lot lately. But people are trying to figure out, okay, how do we sell our stuff in this world of keywords and search engine optimization, everything? So they think, oh, I've got a great idea. We'll just put the keyword in a million times to our copy. And then Google will love us, right? Right, exactly. And, you know, it's called keyword stuffing and Google's on to it. I mean, Google is totally very smart. So, you know, the sort of old school, like the thing I just made fun of, that's gone now. And most people, you can't even get away with that. But they're still writing for search engines just more subtly. You'll just see awkward phrases where they're trying to wedge the term in, you know, mm-hmm. like cruise ship tickets online instead of like get your tickets. Right. Right. Well, and I think we talk a lot about how so much of customer experience and so much of customer service is really about treating people like humans (laughs) and making sure that you're emotionally connecting with people. And so if your content is full of these awkward ways just to get in the words you think people are searching for, that's not really treating people like humans. And I think that's why it rubs me the wrong way so much. Well, right. And it's always the same with customer experience. It's like you can do it, but you can't do it at the expense of the experience for the customer. Right. So should you be aware of keywords? Of course, you should be looking at what's in your headings, what's in your titles, all of that type of stuff, but not at the expense of the actual content you're providing, not where it makes it seem unnatural or you know forced. Right. And I think it's one of those things you could do it, but should you do it? Like you could have... 40 tabs open on your browser. 
which I sometimes realize I have. <laughs> but I don't know should what you're you do that? About. No, you really shouldn't. Trust me. <laughs> but uh, this is, I, I think this is hopefully going away because Google has gotten so good at tracking this stuff and they're constantly changing their algorithms to respond to people who are doing things the wrong way in their opinion. So I, I know we have a love hate relationship with Google sometimes, but I really like that they're trying to stay on top of this and just have people interact in the way that we want to interact, which is I am a person and I'm seeking information and you're a brand who might be providing it, but it's, it's done in a way that connects. So I, th- I hope it keeps going in that direction. Well, you know who's really good at this stuff? Our next guest. I'd like to welcome... He's not good at keyword stuffing. <laughs> no, no. I meant he's really good at content marketing and writing for humans and not sounding like a... I really, that's great. Yes. He's great at keyword stuffing. Yeah, he's good welcome at gaming Andy. the system. <laughs> How are you today, Andy? Very good. Hi, Andy. Hi, Jeannie. Andy is a co-founder of Orbit Media, an award-winning 35-person web design company in Chicago. Andy has written hundreds of articles on topics like email marketing, search optimization, social media, analytics, and content strategy. He is also the author of Content Chemistry, which is an excellent book. I was so glad to have you, and we're going to jump right in here. I want to ask you, is content marketing or inbound marketing always better than advertising, or does it depend on context? It wouldn't feel right to say that it's always better. Uh, There are some real disadvantages to content marketing. Uh, One of them is speed. It takes a long time to build up an audience, email subscriber list, social media following, search engine rankings. Uh, Ads have the amazing ability to be very quick because if you put an ad in front of a giant audience and that audience, um, uh, you know, reacts, uh, then you could see results very fast. Uh, If you compare the results in a search engine results page, the the organic listings, um, that could take months or years to appear there. If you look at the AdWords ads at the top and on the side, that might take a day and a half. Hmm. So there's a big, there's lots of big differences. That's one of them. Um, for those of us that have more uh, more brains than money, they say uh, <laughs> content marketing tends to be a better option. But uh, there are certainly exceptions. What if you don't have brains or money? <laughs> uh, then you should probably not be a marketer. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, well, I know in content chemistry, you say if you're not measuring results, you're not doing content marketing. Mm-hmm. So what do you think organizations should be measuring? And how do you define successful results? Mm-hmm. Well, everyone's going to measure everything in dollars in the end, mm-hmm. how much money did we make. And that, uh, and to measure that properly, you need to understand your margins. Understand uh, margins, then, you're, then you can start measuring revenue. Uh, higher up in the sales cycle, you're going to be measuring leads and the conversion rate from leads into projects and the revenue from those. Uh, but in, and that's all sales metrics. In the marketing context, in especially digital, we're really measuring just two numbers. Uh, the first number is the total number of visitors to our website. Mm-hmm. And the second number is the percentage of visitors who act. So it's traffic and the conversion rate. And so when you say act, you have a very specific way to track a call to action or what they do there. Is that what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Exactly right. There are many possible actions. Some of these actions are what we call like micro conversions, like someone who follows you or someone who subscribes. Uh, to an email newsletter, uh, but the real action where that fills the the sales pipeline is the lead form, the contact form through which a person converts from a visitor into a lead. Uh, the other type of conversion that is directly related to revenue is an e-commerce site that that uh, turns visitors into customers directly. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I've said before that I would really like it if you would marry my blog, <laughs> because I love how you think about this stuff. And my favorite part of the of writing a blog is just writing it <laughs> and doing mm-hmm. it. But I I have so far to go on this stuff, and uh, I refer to your book and I refer to your blog all the time. But it would really be great for me if you just you know married my blog. So I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> uh, it it, it uh, I'm. It, I'm sure it would be a fulfilling relationship <laughs> from one perspective. Uh, yep. Uh-huh. But, uh, Jeannie, I have needs, too. I'm not sure that a blog is really going to... Um, oh. That it's going to be like a long-term relationship that way. A girl it's can tough. dream. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, you're approaching this all wrong. You should be hitting her up for a ticket to Vegas to get married to her blog. <laughs> yeah. I don't Is that right. legal? <laughs> what would those In Vegas, I bet be like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, you know, it's great. I like that we're talking about content marketing and there's so much written about it. And you're talking about, you know, eventually it has to convert. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how does sort of a typical process or how does content marketing sort of eventually lead to that sale and that conversion? Mm -hmm. So the first, the first challenge, like we said, is to get people to the site. And my friend Barry puts it this way, you know, websites are mousetraps, but it's the content that's the cheese. Hmm. So you've got to bring people in. And, uh, and, and different sources of traffic will convert into visitors at different rates. So, for example, uh, social media visitors, people that come from Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, Instagram, whatever, uh, those people are less likely to convert into a lead than a visitor from uh, a very targeted search term. So the first thing we do is we decide what, what kind of uh, visitor we're targeting, uh, how we're going to help them, how we're going to attract them, what we're creating that they're likely to come by, see, read, share, and then after that, of course, you know, some percentage of those visitors, depending on where they came from and how targeted and how relevant we are to them, they're going to take an action um, that uh, should be between a rate of like 1% and maybe, you know, 25 or 3% would be great. So that's the conversion rate. Uh, the factors that determine whether someone converts or not are things like, does the page have few distractions? Uh, is the call to action very clear? Uh, what is the relative visual prominence of all the elements on the page? Uh, does the page have uh, clear social proof and evidence that we're legitimate? Uh, does the page create urgency? Uh, does it answer all of my questions? So some of these are related to design. Some are related to content. But think of it this way. Like in any sales context, uh, people take an action when their objections have been defeated. When they, uh, when they understand all the things that uh, they need to understand for them to uh, take that little step and reach out and say hello and continue the conversation offline or ask to be contacted by a salesperson. And it happens millions of times a day. It's happening in every industry. Someone right now is looking, each of the listeners to this, you know, trust me, someone's looking for you right now. And if your site did a good job of being found or being shared, uh, you're going to drive some traffic. And if it does a good job of answering those questions and having clear calls to action and few distractions and... Um, you know, a focus on that on that action, then um, that's that's when the magic happens, and someone uh, literally converts their status in life converts from just a website visitor into a lead requesting help from your business. And Andy, you mentioned social proof as one of the ways that uh, visitors will determine if you're legitimate. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Sure, sure. So. Uh, every marketer writes pages and creates content and, you know, whatever they're doing, direct mail or billboards or anything like that, they're making claims, right? That's the mm-hmm. first thing a marketer does is we claim something. Uh, 
everyone can make a claim, you know, and there are millions of websites that say we are the best and we're the num- we're number one <laughs> and we're the world's greatest and all those things. Uh, it, it's so common, those claims, those unsupported claims are so common that it's just tunes people out immediately. Um, so what you have to do to indicate that you're legit is to add something to that claim, to build it up with some evidence. You know, we go to, um, if you went to court, if you were an attorney, I'm definitely the farthest thing from a lawyer, um, <laughs> but you would never go to court with, uh, and make a claim and then not support it with evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, you would, you wouldn't ever just, just, you know, neglect to put someone in the witness box and actually, uh, make a, you know, have them bolster what you're saying. So websites are the same. You know, we have to, if you have a, a claim, the ideal web page has a, a testimonial, uh, a statistic, uh, some kind of um, award in accolade, in association membership, uh, years in business, bestseller, mm-hmm. customer reviews. All these things are types of social proof. Um, the the cognitive bias that we're leveraging by using social proof is called the conformity bias mm-hmm. uh, or herd behavior or the bandwagon effect. So ideally, that claim is right next, that proof is right next to the claim. Hmm. And when it appears there, uh, you, the eyes don't have to move far to believe it. Uh, the worst place to put testimonials is on a testimonials page hmm. because visitors don't go to testimonials pages. They, they, they look and smell like marketing. Uh, get rid of a testimonials page. Make every page a testimonials page and support every claim that you make. Pixels, literally, like not more than 100 pixels away from the claim that you're making. Wow. That's- Very nice. I like that. That's like deep dive strategy. Yeah. Well, you know, what's really interesting is, you know, it's sort of you're talking about conformity bias and all these types of things. That's really what marketing has always been doing to people. It's just now the tool of using content is, you know, it's a different approach to, I hate to use this word, uh, using or manipulating. I don't want to use the word manipulating, but those same mental triggers, right? Those same psychological processes. Mm-hmm. Correct. It's uh, there, psychology online and offline is you know the chemistry of the human brain doesn't change when you start using the internet or when you're talking to a person you can either uh leverage that psychology and make sure that you're connecting with people on those you know on their terms and in that context or not <laughs> so empathy <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> empathy is the greatest marketing skill yeah well, speaking of brains, I'm sure our listeners' brains are going to be blown by now. This was some great stuff, so thank <laughs> you so much, Andy, and we really appreciate having you here. My pleasure. Now, where can people find you on the internet? Orbitmedia.com is the website. Orbitmedia.com slash blog is where we put a lot of our best advice, uh, and you can also find me simply by searching for my name on any of the social networks. And eventually, they can find you married to my blog. <laughs> in Vegas at the drive through Chapel. With, I hope uh, so. Yeah, with your blog and toe right there. Andy, we always get so much from you. Thank you so much for being here with us today. My pleasure. Anytime. Great. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so it was really good to talk to Andy Crestadina today. And you know, we talked about creating connections on a one-to-many basis because that's what content marketing is. But mm-hmm. in customer experience, we always know that one-to-one interactions are just as important. So guess what that leads us to, Jeannie? What's that, Adam? It is time for Customer Hero, Customer Zero. Today, our Customer Hero is a company called Bond that enables you to send handwritten thank you notes right from your smartphone. 
I think this is so cool. They've got this whole video on their website and all this. And I know you're a big fan of Bond, aren't you? I am. I, I think it's amazing because it's not just any handwriting. It's not just a font. It's your handwriting. And they've developed this technology to do this for companies who want to create that one-to-one connection. Um, so there are some really impressive companies already using it. But I don't know about you, but when I was in college, I had a really awesome job. <laughs> How about you? You have some awesome jobs in college? <laughs> oh, they're all awesome. Well, I worked in the, the annual fund department at the University of Missouri. Go Tigers. And it was actually a great job. But one of the things that we did was we signed all those fundraising letters with an auto pen machine. Have you ever seen those? Yes. They're huge. They're, they're huge. And they have... They, they've used them for presidents and people like that for years, but they have this enormous wheel that has all these like curves and bumps on it because they, they carve out this wheel based on somebody's signature, but it can only sign that signature and you have to make sure the wheel's in and you have to sit there and individually sign. You put the pen in the machine and you have to hold the paper and kind of guide the pen to make sure it, it signs it. And then you've got to store all, the, all those wheels and it's, it's a little archaic. And so that was really the only thing that was out there, even close to this. And then this company came along and decided that that they needed something better. So they created this amazing technology. And I love the purpose of it. I think it's really unique and special. Well, it's so hard because, you know, we've talked about that. I've even written a blog about, you know, thank you notes and whether they're still, you know, a good idea nowadays. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to take the time to do. And then there's somebody like me. My handwriting just stinks. I mean, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's it literally is awful. I mean, it really is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, so we were watching the video of Bond. It shows you how the little pen works and the final product. Mm-hmm. And it is really cool. And they'll even do your own handwriting. Right. But I think I figured out one thing they've got to tweak just slightly because it's still, I was like, well, it still looks sort of machine-ish. Mm-hmm. And what it was is the lines are all perfectly straight. Ah, yeah. So they've got to like angle some lines once in a while. Cause huh. that's, you know, you ever like sign a gift card you know they're, they're never straight right 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 well and that's interesting because when i got married many moons ago we had a friend of ours whose mom is this amazing calligraphy she's an artist she has shows and stuff so we had her do our envelopes and we had a really interesting feminist discussion about <laughs> what should it be mr and mrs michael walters or mr michael and mrs Jeannie? and you can imagine where i fell on that and the calligrapher had a much different opinion. So we'll save that for another day. But the, uh, her, her artistry was so perfect that people thought we had a machine do it. So it was actually, we paid all this money and we got this special thing done for our guests. And then they literally thought that we had, uh, basically it printed somewhere with really nice ink. And I, heard it the first time at the reception, somebody said the calligraphy was great. What program did you use? And I was like, (laughs) Uh, <laughs> her name is Rita. <laughs> and so I think it's a good point because you kind of, what makes something special about this one-to-one communication is that human element and you want people to feel that. So it's a good point you bring up about how Bond could maybe improve their product. But I think so far it's a step in the right direction because it's kind of maintaining that one-to-one but allowing companies to scale it in a way that maybe they couldn't in the past. But I mean, especially for corporate uses, it's really neat. And I think that if Bond is listening, we'll just take 1% for our improvement <laughs> idea of each thank you note. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll be good. But no, it's really cool. And what I like about it is it, you know, it's that thing we've talked about before, which is sort of mass customization. 
mm-hmm. the ability to you know use this technology that's really designed for mass distribution and customize it and individualize it and to make those connections and to save people like me with unreadable, awful handwriting from feeling bad about sending thank you notes. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to episode 19 of Crack the Customer Code. If content marketing is up your alley, tune in next week for more great conversations about the intersection of content and customer experience. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can find out more about me at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Deport. My website is customersthatstick.com. Find more episodes and all the show notes at crackthecustomercode.com. And please subscribe on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes with a few stars and a few sentences so others can find our show. And please tell someone you know. We love word of mouth. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.